0: Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, practical Buddhism for the modern world. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to Episode 2 of the Toward Light podcast. This week, I'm going to explore some Buddhist practices that can be used during this crisis, this current pandemic, or during any crisis. When we're experiencing difficulty on the level that we are right now, our bodies, our human body system is really stuck in survival mode. And we can sometimes forget to use the tools that we have, or we don't have as much access to our higher brain functioning, because we're solely focused on staying alive. That's normal. That's part of this human system. That's how our system stays alive. And we can access more tools. We do have the capacity to pick things up that can help us manage better or differently or process information at not this level of crisis. So I'm going to offer three different practices. And these are just three. The early Buddhist teachings are so vast. There are so many different options. And I'm just offering three things that in this moment are serving me, or helping me in moments of overwhelm fear, worry, anxiety. The early teachings on mindfulness are contained in a sutta, a teaching called the Four Foundations of Mindfulness, or the Four Establishments of Mindfulness. And this first foundation is about establishing mindfulness in the body. This is a gateway for many of us for meditation, we learn to meditate with the breath. But in this first foundation of mindfulness, the breath is only one of many different objects of attention. There are different options or different ways that we can bring our attention into our body. One that I've found very useful right now is this meditation on the four elements. Earth, Water, air, and fire. Why this teaching is so useful for me in this moment is because when we see these elements both internally and externally, we begin to have a more universal experience. We begin to see that we are part of the natural world, we begin to see that we are connected to others, that we're all having this similar experience of these elements. There's also this benefit of when we start to break our felt bodily experience down into simply the elements It becomes a little bit less personal. It becomes less my anger or my headache or my pain in the knee and becomes more simply fire element or air element or water element. So how do we work with these elements? We can do it in a formal practice or we can do it throughout our day. With the earth element, we're looking for solidity, for density. Some easy places to feel this in the body are our bones, our teeth, and our nails. Water, we're looking for liquidity, cohesion, air, movement, the breath, fire, heat, coolness, temperature, There are different ways to do this if we're sitting in formal practice. We can scan through the body and feel the earth element throughout the body and then do that with the other three elements. We can sit in a more open awareness and as sensations arise, label it either earth, water, air, or fire. If we're walking throughout our day, we may notice an element in the external world and then reflect, oh, like, where do I see that in me in this moment? So right now, it's beginning to rain outside. Where's water element in my body? Oh, I feel the saliva in my mouth. Can even set reminders on your phone or in your calendar. 1045 check in with the earth element or check in with the elements. Again, we're so focused right now on so much of our emotional experience and so much of our mental energy is kind of taking over our connection with our body. And our body, in some ways, is potentially telling us like, oh, things are not safe right now. So we need to be in fight, flight or freeze. So consciously choosing to turn our attention elsewhere, to see our body through this different lens of these elements can help reduce some of that anxiety, some of that stress, can help the system settle. Bhikkhu Analyo, who is a monk who lives at the Berry Center for Buddhist Studies in Massachusetts, has He has several books on these four foundations of mindfulness, the Satipatthana Sutta. And he has one practice guide, a book that has practical tools, and he breaks down how to do this meditation with the elements. So if that's something you're interested in, there'll be a link in the show notes, but that's another resource. An author who I like, Kate Inglis, who wrote a beautiful book about grief, she says something like, We are part of the natural world, and the natural world is chaos. And we can see the chaos in the fire, the water, the wind, the earth, and and we accept that in some way, right? But we sometimes don't accept the chaos within our own systems. So identifying with these elements can really help us to normalize, universalize our experience, and hopefully help us kind of settle settle a bit. The second tool that I would like to offer is the equanimity practice. So in Buddhism, there's this idea of these four heart qualities that we're asked to cultivate. They're sometimes called the four immeasurables or the Brahma Viharas, which roughly translates to divine abodes. These qualities are metta, which is kindness, karuna, compassion, mudita, appreciative joy, dupaka, which is equanimity. When we're talking about equanimity, I'm going to give one way to rest in that or cultivate that quality of heart, but know that there are so many practices out there. This word upaka, which is translated as equanimity, has this connotation or or this more literal translation of to look out over. So when we're looking out over something, we're often seeing a wider view, right? We're not doing this minuscule dissection. We're, We're looking at the big picture. Equanimity is considered the balancing factor for the other three qualities of heart. So there are times to offer kindness, times to offer compassion, times to offer joy. And equanimity kind of helps us know how, how to balance that or when to move our heart in one of those directions or when to rest. From a 2013 talk on equanimity, Jesse maceo Frey says, The equanimity practice is a deep resting in connection with the limitations of the impact of our love. There is no limit to the degree we can love and feel kindness. The degree to which we can experience those is incredible. We have the capacity to have limitless love, but we cannot control life through love. That process of acceptance of the truth of things as they are, can be challenging and also the doorway to peace. I love this idea of resting in the limits of the impact of our love, knowing that we can care, but our care can only go so far. We can't control another being. We can't make the world the way we want it to. We can care... We can have an open heart but we need to understand the limits of our impact and so equanimity helps us to hold that boundary to hold ourselves back from overreaching over efforting over worrying right now during this pandemic all of these heart qualities are are useful And the reason that I'm highlighting equanimity is because it's the one that I need the most, that I need to be reminded of the most. I care so deeply, and I need to remember to kind of hold that care close to me and not to morph it into some form of control. It's appropriate for me to take action. There are ways that um, in my other profession as a mental health therapist, there are ways I can be of service. It's important for me to do that, to be of service. And I also have to know that that's not going to change the outcome for everybody or for those I love or there's some some limit. And so when I have this feeling of looking out over allows me to rest back a little bit. So one of the ways to cultivate equanimity or to work with this practice for me is a visualization practice. So I'm just going to guide this for a minute. Your eyes can be open or closed. This is something for you to try on and maybe make some more time for it in another moment. It's simply finding a place in your mind where you can imagine this looking out over maybe a hill or a mountain maybe you're standing on the edge of a boat or a ship the coastline on the top of a valley maybe imagining yourself As you're looking out over, resting against something, maybe leaning against a tree or a rock or sitting on the ground or with a beloved, feeling yourself supported as you look out over, feeling this spaciousness, a capacity to rest, to witness. But whatever you're looking out over, it's too far away. You can't interfere. You can't get involved. You can simply witness. You can care about it. You can love. You may broaden your arms, maybe lift your face up to the sun, to the moon, allowing yourself to feel this peace of witnessing without agenda of caring without needing to control. So again, this is something that you can take on for yourself and set a timer for five minutes and spend five minutes imagining that or draw it or find, go back in your old photos and find a picture where you are looking out over or find a picture some images on the internet, and there's no one way to cultivate this feeling. So see if this helps. See if you can connect with some sense of equanimity, some knowing, as Jesse says, that we can't control life through love. The third practice I have to offer might feel difficult in this moment. Like I said earlier, we're already in this kind of survival mode. And our human brain system has a negativity bias. So it's trying to keep us safe. So it holds on to the negative and doesn't always connect with the positive. So we have to work to cultivate some positivity, some joy, some happiness, especially in moments of crisis. And again, I understand that that can feel hard to be like, okay, people around me are dying, I'm very worried about this illness, and oh, I'm going to sit and cultivate joy? What? But I would challenge you to try this on and see pity, joy, or rapture, PT is the Pali word, the word the Buddha spoke, um, is one of the factors of awakening. And it has a unique practice that's suggested in the teachings. Unique in that it's not like mindfulness. A uh, mindfulness practice, we're specifically choosing not to engage in our normal way in the mental realm. We may be witnessing or Um, tracking our mental processes, but we're not thinking thoughts. And in order to cultivate PT, we're actually doing a reflection practice. We're actually intentionally sitting down and reflecting. And one of the ways it's suggested to cultivate joy is to reflect on times when you've been generous. In this culture, this can feel hard for some of us. We've been told that we're not supposed to puff ourselves up or we should be humble. So it might take you a minute. And it can start really small. I held a door for that person. I smiled at that person on the street. I stopped my car so that person could cross the street even though they weren't at a crosswalk. Whatever the things are, you can choose how long you do this for. But spending this time just really reflecting, hmm okay, how have I been generous? How have I given in moments when maybe it would have been easier to take or to not give, but I chose to give anyway? Give yourself five minutes of this and see if your mind state changes. See if some joy does arise. Again, we're just trying to balance out the fact that our negativity bias is so strong right now so strong in general, and then right now I feel like it's amplified. So we really have to spend some time cultivating joy to keep our mind and our heart balanced, to keep us able to be generous, be kind and loving with ourselves, with others. So try this on. Can you cultivate some joy by reflecting on the times that you've been generous? These are just three practices. Meditating or practicing with the four, contemplating the four elements, cultivating equanimity, cultivating joy through self-reflection. On my website, there is a blog post that lays these out. So if that helps you to remember, um, feel free to read that, print that out. My heart is with each and every one of you right now. I wish for you to stay safe and healthy. And may you find moments of peace in this difficult time. Thank you so much for listening. The links are in our show notes. You can find me on Instagram at towardlight108 and the website is towardlight.net. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Be well.